I you'd think I actually read ahead and I apologize because this week I did not. <laughs> That's <But> yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, I did it. You're becoming a real random but memorable host now where you don't read the show notes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I got to step up. <laughs> the other thing I was going to talk about, because I was like, we're going to talk about a lot of AI stuff today. So I was thinking, meanwhile, on the weekend, we played a whole crap ton of analog games, back to card games, board games, all this kind of stuff. All of a sudden, Jack, who's, you know, 14, is super interested in games. So it's like, as soon as he's like, let's play something, it's like, okay, what, what do you want to do? And it's like, so the other night, it's like quarter to 12 midnight and he's like hey do you want to play cards and it's like um yes sure <laughs> let's go mommy needs a nap <laughs> <laughs> you should bust out like a game of player passwords right you know what i would try that except i'd probably get crushed <laughs> <laughs> no you've had all this practice now sarah i, I am pretty good at beating ryu so i mean at least there's that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> any family games at your house that the kids love Sawyer and I have had a Star Wars resurgence lately, and so I have an old Star Wars card game from the 90s that we've been playing, and then there's a new Star Wars card game that just came out that I've been buying. Anything, anytime. Games are, are a huge part of, of our life. Like, we basically just started accumulating board games, like, whenever whenever we see one that we like, we're just like, no, oh, guess we'll get this. So, it's good. We like the games in the Fey household. We are a huge Settlers of Catan fans in this household. Have you played Settlers of Catan? I haven't. It's one of the ones that Dave keeps asking me to play. And I'm like, what about this one instead? Because I find that for me, that's the hardest part now is learning the new games. But I think Catan is one that I need to learn because that seems to be one of the more popular ones where it just seems to be a more portable game from what I'm gathering. Like, it seems to be something where you can play it fairly easily with a lot of people and, and take it with you places. Yeah. And there's like a zillion expansion packs. So it can be as like basic or as like grand as you want it to be. But we're those kind of people that even have our own Settlers of Catan playlist. So we try and theme all the songs around elements of the game. But it gets a bit pedantic because we're trying to find songs about corn and wheat and grass and sheep and bricks and ore <laughs> are we talking like that old jimmy crack corn and i don't care like stuff like that or like yeah do you know that song timber where it's like oh yeah i'm going yep. down you yelling timber that's in there that's a cracker nice do you have Weak Kings by the Tragically Hip? Oh, we haven't got that in. Oh, yeah. That's a, a new one for the playlist. Canadian classic right there. Anything by the hip. Going straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I admire that dedication. We've got to take our game night seriously, you know? We've been playing Catan Jr., which is a lot of fun. Oh, a nice gateway. <laughs> yes, it is. It's all pirate themed. So you are building. Oh, that's cool. And it's got goats cutlasses wood molasses oh. and gold see that'd make a good playlist <laughs> <laughs> nice oh my gosh well should we should we get into a little bit of hash node hackathon talk here that would be wonderful. Throughout June, 1Password will be hosting a virtual hackathon on hashnode.com for a chance to explore and experiment with developer features from 1Password and Passage and contribute to our open source projects. You can build plugins to optimize development workflows, write scripts to securely automate processes, or implement industry-leading passwordless experiences into your apps and websites. This is a four-week hashtag build with 1Password virtual hackathon on hashnode.com starting on June 1st through to June 30th. 
So if you're a developer out there, we encourage you to get involved and see what you can build. If you're interested, I also encourage you to check out hashnode.com slash hackathon slash one password for more info. That's very cool. I like a good hackathon. I love that we're encouraging everybody to come out and test things and have fun and just go for it. I think that's where, you know, you really find the good stuff. Seeing how you can take it and make it yours and and really push the boundaries with all the new technology that's out there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably no surprise given the the developer episode that we recently released. But like our developer push lately has been one of my favorite things. It's so, so fun. And it's really it's really resonating with people, which I think is also very cool. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, should we jump into some Watchtower Weekly, the AI edition? I think we should. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know. So it's that time of the week again for Watchtower Weekly, even though we record these bi-weekly. Watchtower Weekly is our permanent regular segment of the show named after 1Password's Watchtower feature, where we cover and dissect some of the latest security news and recent data breaches each episode. And this week, our first story actually comes from the 1Password blog, which I think is the first time we've ever done this on Watchtower Weekly. I think it is, yeah. So this week's post, AI can crack your passwords and other very old news. So from blog.1password.com, artificial intelligence, AI has made a larger than usual splash recently when word broke of an AI-powered password cracker. If you saw the same recent headlines and are freaking out a little, we'd like to do some myth-busting on them today. AI absolutely can be used to crack a password, but we're here to say that you shouldn't necessarily worry about it yet. The password cracker mentioned in the recent spate of articles was introduced nearly six years ago in September of 2017, but the headlines at the time were dominated by other news, so the deep learning technology didn't earn much attention. The tool was marginally successful, but never came close to the accuracy of a skilled human hacker. The researchers used part of an infamous common password list to train the AI-based tool, then tested it on an entirely different set of password hashes from the 2012 LinkedIn breach, specifically. When tested on new data, the password cracking tool had a 24.2% success rate. That figure rose to 34.2% when researchers removed passwords that overlapped both the training and testing data sites. Human hackers cracked roughly 90% of the same LinkedIn data set using traditional methods in just 72 hours. So these AI tools are just that tools. They augment utilities already used by human attackers. They're not the groundbreaking development some media have made them to seem. In reality, AI needs to evolve arguably substantially before it will represent a legitimately measurable threat to your passwords. Along with cracked password datasets, AI technologies can be trained with rules. As it cracks passwords with the rules, the technology learns which are more likely to be successful and applies those rules earlier than others. But rule data is limited by the knowledge and ability of human trainers. And while its data is limited... AI capability will be limited. AI is helpful only when it can first determine how you choose passwords, and as a result, which passwords are more probable. If all your passwords are created in a truly random manner, such as by using the 1Password random password generator, each password is just as likely to occur as any other. Even AI will be stumped if tasked with cracking the passwords of an individual without a discernible password creation pattern. Yes, this sort of technology can be trained and learn over time, but if each and every password it encounters is unique and entirely random, the rules learned from cracking one password won't apply to the next. So, to sum up what we're trying to say here, AI has undoubtedly evolved since the 2017 research paper that spurred this article, and it's almost definitely safe to say we've only scratched the surface, that there's much more advancement in store. But at this moment, the technology depends on the ever-unpredictable human element. That's a good article. I like that one. It was very good. I think the the part about it being, it's because it's relying on like, no matter how smart the robots get, they're still requiring that input from humans. So as long as they're requiring us to do something on our end, there's still something that the robots are, 
are never going to have. And that unpredictable human element is really the, I guess, great part in all of this, because, you know, there seems to be no bounds to the creative limits of how far we as humans are willing to go to, to really test the limits of what we think is a good password. (laughs) Yeah. I think everyone feels like AI is half exciting and half terrifying, like all rolled into one, like I'm equal parts kind of intrigued by it and horrified by it at the same time. (laughs) And just, you know, the sheer possibilities and applications for it. But it definitely feels like it's sort of hitting the mainstream now and we just have to learn to live alongside it, but kind of educate ourselves on how to get the best out of it without taking things too far, you know, kind of getting lazy with it and making sure we're using it for the right purposes, really. It's funny. I'm actually thinking back to when they first introduced, was it, I'm sure it was Tupac and they had the virtual Tupac there performing and like, Everyone was like, this is a hologram. This isn't real, blah, blah, blah. But then other people were like, this is amazing. We can't wait to do it. And I know since then, I've seen a whole bunch of different things with different artists now, which will lead us into the next story that you can take us into a room where it's, it's just really how far can we take things and where can we make it go? Yes. How AI is making pop fans' fantasies come true from TheGuardian.com. Last month, the video of Harry Styles covering a song from the 2003 Disney film The Lizzie McGuire Movie went viral on TikTok. Except Styles has never, at least not publicly, performed this song. Instead, it joins the many examples of fake performances created by artificial intelligence. Fans were delighted. Suddenly, I am no longer afraid of AI, commented one listener, and on videos of other AI-generated Styles songs... He's made to duet with Taylor Swift, for example. There are multiple requests for more. Make him sing Take Me to Church by Hozier, writes one fan. (laughs) (laughs) Fans wanting their favorite artists to cover songs they enjoy is hardly a new phenomenon. But with advances in AI, there's no need to involve the artist at all. Musicians are therefore worried about being made to perform material they otherwise wouldn't or being usurped by a fantasy. I can't help but think that I can be easily replaced, says Flora Rose, a singer-songwriter on TikTok. I'm spending months crafting my debut EP, and meanwhile, people can make tracks in one click. When it comes to the arts, AI tends to provoke horror or ridicule, as when an AI photograph won a major photography competition, or when ChatGPT declared Young Adult Weepy, The Fault in Our Stars, one of the best books of all time. In February, the lawyer behind a lawsuit on behalf of visual artists whose work was being used to generate AI art called any generative image, quote, an infringing derivative work. The music industry has taken a similar stance. Last month, Universal Music Group asked streaming platforms to decide whether they wanted to be, quote, on the side of artists, fans, and human creative expression, or, quote, the side of deepfakes, fraud, and denying artists their due compensation. The problem with UMG's statement is that it assumes fans and artists are on the same side of the debate. A report by J.P. Morgan in April argued that, quote, AI music is just not very good, and, quote, people don't listen to it. But the popularity of AI covers, over 9 million views on a fake collaboration between Drake and The Weeknd before it was taken down, puts this into question. And in the comments of those covers on TikTok, sentiment is overwhelmingly positive. Singer-songwriter Victoria Kenal says she doesn't think AI covers can, quote, replace the heart of an artist's original voice. It's fun and shocking to hear an AI Drake song, but I don't think it has the potential to take work away from Drake. Just recently, Canadian singer Grimes tweeted that she would split royalties by 50% on any successful AI song using her voice. I like the idea of open sourcing all art and killing copyright, she wrote. 
But as AI programs advance, it will become difficult to tell the difference between real and generated music, and fans could end up horrified by what their idols are being made to sing. Grimes later wavered in another tweet a few days later that she, quote, may do copyright takedowns, don't want to be responsible for a Nazi anthem. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack in that story. There, there is a lot to unpack. Have either of you heard any of these, like, deep fake AI-generated covers? I actually haven't, no. I have. I The only one I know I've purposely listened to was, um, it was Marquis Brownlee. He was doing a video talking about AI, and he had a demo of, oh, I should have looked it up, so I knew these things. Um, it was a, a Jay-Z song, and uh, Jay-Z and collaborating with... Uh, somebody and that's the hard part now because the somebody they're collaborating with is the ones who trained the ai machine how to make it sound like jay-z and they had a whole verse in there that was jay-z but it wasn't jay-z but it really sounded like him like if you didn't know you know it had the intonations proper it had the linguistic style like everything was very much like if you didn't know any better you wouldn't stop to think about it like i mean you know hardcore all day every day fans might catch something there but for people (laughs) who are just you know casual radio listeners i don't think they'd know yeah i've seen some or heard some freddie mercury covers over on tiktok where people are making him sing songs that weren't even released when he was alive and that's even more freaky because obviously freddie mercury is no longer with us so i just can't quite get my brain around it my brain feels scrambled listening to something like that (laughs) it's almost like he's being brought back from the dead it's so creepy yeah that's a lot i think i would be worried about the psychological impact to the artists here because you could really gaslight them into thinking they did something that they never did (laughs) and that's not okay oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) well there's already so much going on with copyright and like they copied this song and this song sampled off of my album and this was a track from this and you see so much of that already and, and it's like oh okay and then all of a sudden now it's like well forget sampling and this artist creating it like this artist didn't even create it so how do you sue this artist for stealing someone else's music when Mm. they didn't make the music like it's very i don't know how you can take all the circles and make it all connect and it just gets really really messy yeah definitely well let's uh let's go into the legislative side of ai EU draft legislation will ban AI for mass biometric surveillance and predictive policing. This comes from TheVerge.com. The EU has taken a step closer to enforcing strong regulation of AI, drafting new safeguards that would prohibit a wide range of dangerous use cases. These include prohibitions on mass facial recognition programs in public places and predictive policing algorithms that try to identify future offenders using personal data. The regulation also requires the creation of a public database of, quote, high-risk AI systems deployed by public and government authorities so that EU citizens can be informed about when and how they are being affected by this technology. The AI Act itself is a sprawling document that's been in the works for years, with the explosion of interest in generative AI tools this year forcing a number of significant and last-minute changes. This extra attention, though, seems to have focused lawmakers on the potential dangers of the fast-moving technology. Campaigners say the version of the act, which still faces possible changes, is extremely welcome. Quote, it's overwhelmingly good news, says Daniel Lafour, a senior policy analyst at nonprofit Access Now. It's globally significant, says Sarah Chander. Never has the democratic arm of a regional bloc like the EU made such a significant step on prohibiting tech uses from a human rights perspective. 
As Chandra suggests, it's likely these laws will affect countries around the world. The EU is such a significant market that tech companies often comply with EU-specific regulation on a global scale in order to reduce the friction of maintaining multiple sets of standards. Information demanded by the EU on AI systems will also be available globally, potentially benefiting users in the US, UK, and elsewhere. The draft legislation forces new obligations on large-scale AI systems like ChatGPT, Under the proposed legislation, the creators of these systems will have new obligations to assess and mitigate various risks before these tools are made available. These include assessing the environmental damage of training these systems, which are often energy-intensive, and forcing companies to disclose, quote, the use of training data protected under copyright. The last clause could have a significant effect in the U.S., where copyright holders have launched a number of lawsuits against the creators of AI image generators for using their data without consent. Many tech companies like Google and OpenAI have avoided these sorts of legal challenges by simply refusing to disclose what data they train their systems on, usually claiming this information is a trade secret. Yeah, this is good. I I like this a lot. The AI thing that I keep coming back to, that I keep remembering, it was a story about AI models that had been used for recruiting software to help read resumes and, and filter out candidates and stuff like that. But the data set that this model had been trained on was all white men and so the model just started like filtering out women and people of color and all of this stuff and and it was like a real a real problem yeah i'm sorry predictive policing like can we not can we just not do that 100 percent. that's you know when you think of all of the the systemic issues that are already in place with policing and yeah, this isn't good. This is why we have so many problems. How do we rebuild the system? The idea that we're going to rebuild the system and like use AI for it and who's going to be programming these things is is terrifying to think that, you know, there's machines doing that. And it's the, the part in here where it's identifying future offenders like that's, you know, I have no idea what my plans are for tomorrow. So I have no idea where I'd sit in the database. But that's kind of terrifying to think that there'd be somebody out there trying to program a computer to say, oh, no, this person's good, never mind, or, well, we better lock them up as a preventative measure. That's right. It was deep. Let that sit with you for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely think this is like an important step because AI is quite kind of rapidly becoming more and more ingrained within our society and the way we operate, you know, day to day. So, of course, we are going to need some kind of regulation around it so it doesn't become like the Wild West. And I imagine there's going to be a lot of catching up to do in this area, as there has been with so much of digital technology and cybersecurity policies in the past, as the technology kind of advances faster than we can think about the repercussions and the use cases sometimes. Also very deep, also sitting with it. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. With that AI-based marathon behind us, I think we can we can jump ahead to a little bit of This Week at 1Password, uh, where I had the chance to catch up with Anna Poblitz as we announced Passage by 1Password and discuss the incredible new products that are landing with this launch. I always love when we do these 1Password updates, and I get to talk to people that I work with, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So let's jump right into it and drop it in here. On today's episode for This Week at 1Password, we're now joined by Anna Poblitz, who is returning to the show to tell us all about the launch of Passage by 1Password and two exciting new products, Passkey Complete and Passkey Flex. Thanks for coming back, Anna. Returning guest. I love it. How are you doing? I am doing so good. Very excited to be here. Wonderful. All right. Let's dive right into it. First things first, what is Passage by 1Password and what problem are you trying to solve? 
great place to start. So Passage by 1Password is solving a real problem for developers. We're making it easy to get rid of passwords from your websites and have a more secure and frictionless option for users. So if we take a few steps back, Passage originally started because Cole and I had worked in security consulting for a number of years together. We worked with a lot of companies, many of whom build consumer apps on product security and identity solutions. But a lot of these companies were having issues with things like account takeover. And the standard suggestion there is to add stronger security controls like multi-factor authentication or better password requirements. But many of these companies rely on users being able to use their apps as easily as possible. Think like shopping apps, subscription services, new services, and adding friction at that login step or the checkout step is just unacceptable to them. And until the last few years, there wasn't really a good solution to improving their app security without adding friction. That's where passkeys come in, which we'll, we'll talk about on and off today. If you aren't familiar with passkeys, they're a simple and secure way to sign into a website that leverages the biometrics that are built into your device. So they're really secure, way easier to set up and use than passwords. So this technology of passkeys is great, but they are really complicated and really difficult to implement. So plenty of developers today struggle to implement password logging correctly. Things like securely storing the password or account recovery. Those things can be really challenging. And so now on top of that, with passkeys, we would add an even more complex system where developers need to track keys that are stored on a bunch of different devices, all for a single user. And the implementation of those keys is a little bit different on all the different platforms. Like that's a lot to manage. And so I think we as an industry can really only move beyond passwords if we can make it super easy for businesses to correctly and securely implement this technology and do it in a way that's really intuitive for users. And so that's the problem that Passage by 1Password is trying to solve. Nice. Yeah. And this is a really solid step forward in into our passwordless future, right? Because as you mentioned, passkeys very easy for people to understand, like touch ID, face ID, like it just gets you in. As far as they're concerned, they're signing in with their face. But on the development side, you know, there's a lot more there. And you have two solutions to help out here. You've got Passkey Complete and Passkey Flex. So which which is which and what, what are the differences and, and how, <laughs> how should people decide which one to use? Great question. Complete and Flex are both solutions designed to help developers and businesses on their journey to passkeys. So they're all in pursuit of the same goal. In addition to sort of the passkey support, making it really easy, we're also trying to help businesses like make it intuitive for users. There's a big difference between a site implementing passkeys as just another authentication method for their users and implementing it in a way that's really thoughtful and prioritizes user experience. I think as people start to experience passkeys from companies like Google, they're going to want that on other sites too, and they're going to expect to have that same ease of use. So with Passkey Complete, Passage will handle registration, login, passkey management, account recovery, fallback options, and so much more. It's really easy to implement. It's literally two lines of code with our web components, and you get a fully customizable login experience that includes that passkey UX best practices. So we, in this case, Passage is your complete identity provider, and we support a lot of configuration options and customization. With Flex, on the other hand, Passage will work alongside of your existing login methods, which is most likely passwords, 
And in this case, passage is only used for passkey management, and you'll use another identity provider or user database to manage your users and sessions. Typically, what this looks like is users either they'll either create an account with a password, and then they can optionally add a passkey for faster login, or existing users can do that, and then new users could register fully passwordless with a passkey. But it can help with that transition a little bit if maybe you're not ready to go fully passwordless right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the fact that we have this stepping stone solution for people that it's like, oh, like I've already invested a ton. I have an identity provider that I'm already using. I just want to add passkeys to that. And so like we have a solution for that. And then also being able to say like, okay, I want to offload all of this responsibility to somebody else and let them handle it. And, you know, I just want to be able to get people in as easy as possible. And we have that too. So it's great. Yeah, I think the flexibility is so important and just giving people choices. Every app is built differently. Every business has different needs and giving people choice and flexibility in how they build it. So it sounds like Passage Complete is really the Cadillac option here. Like what kinds of developers, businesses, use cases is that for? Complete is for anyone who's ready for a fully passwordless authentication solution. I've noticed a trend recently of a growing number of websites have been going passwordless with things like email magic links or OTP codes, just because passwords are such a huge burden on businesses. So for anyone like that who's already thinking about that type of strategy, Complete might be perfect since it actually provides an even better passwordless experience. We recommend this option for lots of applications, definitely for new apps or anyone looking to have us help you manage your user base and just offload all of that work and maintenance. And we're actually getting interest from some tech companies who see passwordless auth as a differentiator for them, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that's really smart. I like that a lot. Okay. And so then we have Flex, which, like I said, is for someone who's already got an authentication mechanism built in. And so I think that the the use case for adding passkey support via Flex is there. Is there a path from Flex to Complete if someone starts with Flex and wants to go to Complete later? Absolutely. We really built it in a way that it's really just Passage behind the scenes. And it's different ways to build with Passage. And so you know, we know that not everyone is going to be ready to adopt passkeys right at this second. A common use case we see with Flex is for more legacy apps that maybe aren't really able to go completely passwordless just yet because they have complex identity management. And we still want to be able to support those people. And maybe down the road, they'll be able to migrate as more and more of their users start to use passkeys with Flex. It'll become even easier to migrate. And I think Migration is actually one of the really powerful things about Passage in general is it's much easier to migrate authentication solutions to something like Passage than it is to migrate to another password-based scheme simply from how you have to kind of import and export the data. Yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. Okay, so what types of companies or apps do you see adopting passkeys first? Good question. So Passage and Passkeys can work for lots of apps. So I don't want to make it too narrow. But the trend that I'm seeing right now is e-commerce and e-commerce adjacent sites, things like subscription services, travel sites are really leaning in as early adopters. We've seen eBay, Best Buy, Kayak, a lot of really cool sites in that area start to adopt it. And I think that makes a ton of sense because these businesses have been hindered by this login friction at checkout for years. The cart abandonment problem where people give up trying to purchase something because they can't remember their password is very well documented. 
And these types of apps and businesses, I think they clearly see how passkeys can help their bottom line and help improve user engagement. And that's really cool to see. And so Passage is really focused on meeting developers where they're at, including you know integrating with tools they already use and platforms they already use for these types of sites. But I think that's what we're seeing early. And then developer tools, security-focused companies are another area I expect will take off early. I wonder if passkeys can help change some of the landscape around even things like e-commerce and online shopping and stuff where you know you see it with a few sites today where you can make a purchase without having an account and then they're like oh like you know if you want to create an account to track your order you can do that but it sounds like passkeys could even make that much more frictionless and just you just have an account with this place and it's tied to this passkey and that's pretty much all that you need going forward yeah to some degree it doesn't even feel like you're creating an account it's so much easier. You don't have to think, do I have an account on this website? And if so, what is my password? Or I have to think up a new password. It just really fits so seamlessly into any flow, whether that's login or checkout or or anything else that I think it will make it much easier to include some sort of login step in those checkout processes. Yeah. Okay. So I know that we have a good listener base that has developers in it. And so people are probably asking, like, that's great. Can we just get to the nuts and bolts? Like, how do I get started? So how do people get started implementing either Flex or Complete? Okay, Passage is totally free to sign up for. You can join on our website. Console.passage.id is where you can create your account to get started. If you have an interesting use case or just want to talk to us, we are more than happy to talk through your specific application or use case to kind of help design the best login experience. You can reach out to us at hello at passage.id or we have a contact form on passage.onepassword.com. But it's totally free. You can get started all on your own without talking to us if you want. Nice. That's awesome. All right. So I noticed that it's Passage by One Password. So is this a separate company, a separate product? Like, how do people think about this? It's not a separate company, just a separate product line within 1Password. The reason we're calling it a separate product is because it's really serving a different audience. You know, Passage is serving developers and product builders, and it's designed to be transparent to your end users and look and feel just like your website, unlike 1Password, the password manager. Passage is just one part of the work that 1Password is doing to help make passkeys a reality. So if 1Password allows users to store passkeys, but very few websites actually support passkeys, we're not really going to see the benefits. On the flip side, if websites support passkeys using Passage, but consumers don't trust the technology or have choice in how and where they store their passkeys, then adoption will never really take off. So for us, both sides of this are equally important to 1Password, kind of paving the way towards that passwordless future. Right. And so Passage does not require one password to work, but they're two sides of the same coin. So if you're using one password and you encounter a website that is using Passage, it will help you get in and and store that passkey for you and and all of that good stuff. Exactly. So using Passage does not require a one password account. Businesses, developers can use Passage in their websites and it will work for all of their users. That includes you know, users who store passkeys in one password, but it will also include users who store passkeys in platform providers or any other password manager or other third party provider. Yeah, I, I think that's so cool. Like, I, I love that we're embracing the industry trend in this way and it's it's all standards based and, and everything else. So this is this is super cool. All right. If our listeners wanted to stay up to date with everything that Passage is working on, where should they go? 
you can visit our website. It's passage.onepassword.com. You can learn more about everything we've talked about today. We also have a newsletter on that website that you can sign up for. So please check it out and we'll hopefully be sending you lots of cool updates in the coming months. Awesome. Anna, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Okay, Sarah Rue, I think it's time we play some play your passwords, right? Agreed. Man. And so I can't wait to play. And today we have a special guest playing with us. Oh, really? Tell us who. Have we higher bot or lower bot? No, uh, we're going to play against ChatGPT. <laughs> oh, just because it's the AI edition. It's the AI episode. I figured we'd bring ChatGPT in here. I've already prepped ChatGPT for the rules of the game. And I said, you know, let's start a new round. And I gave it the, the first word that Anna has shared with us here. And it said, thank you for providing the first password and its number of breaches. Let's begin the new round. Please provide the second commonly reused password, and I'll determine if it has been breached more or fewer times than the word you provided. So, ChatGPT is ready to go. Now, the real question is, do we answer before ChatGPT, or do we let ChatGPT go first? <laughs> and then we have to, you know, second guess ourselves based on oh, what it says. That adds an extra element. I will lock in my own answer before I turn to ChatGPT. I will as well. Okay. So ChatGPT knows the rules, but let me remind everyone how Play Your Passwords Right works. So I will show a password and then reveal how many times that password has been in a data breach. I will then show another password and Sarah and Rue will have to guess whether it's higher or lower and has been breached more or less times than the previous password. To do this, we use haveibeenpwned.com forward slash passwords. If you want to, you can go there if you want to play along with us. So it's worth noting all these passwords are all one word and lowercase. So this week's theme is the 80s and it's a mega edition because we have a lot of passwords this week. Yay! Right. Okay. So our first password this week is mixtape, which has been breached 4,091 times. And then the next password we have is the Goonies. What do we think? Higher or lower than mixtape? Yep. It's that's that's lower. All right. Hold on. Let me see what ChatGPT says. I feel like I should have programmed ChatGPT with my rules. You know, because there's two O's, so there's no way it's going to be an O. It's going to be one of them's going to be a zero. Like if ChatGPT knew my rules, I think it would. <laughs> the lazy rule. <laughs> Thank you for providing the second password, the Goonies. To compare its breach count to mixtape, I will need to check the number of breaches associated with the Goonies. Please give me a moment to retrieve the information. Oh, no. I apologize for the inconvenience, but as an AI language model, I don't have real-time access to the latest breach statistics. My knowledge is based on information available up until September 2021. Therefore, I cannot provide you with the exact number of breaches for the Goonies. However, <laughs> based on historical trends and popularity, it is possible possible that the Goonies may have fewer breaches compared to mixtape. It's worth mentioning that reusing commonly used passwords could pose a security risk. It is advisable to use unique and strong <laughs> passwords to enhance the security of your accounts. All right. That's an excellent advice. Solid advice. Yeah. Yes. I won't read the response every single time, but I thought it was worth doing at least once. Uh, for, <laughs> for I was going to say, this could take some time. <laughs> ChatGPT also says lower. Uh, so you're all right. It is lower. Well done, chat GTP. Okay, coming up, we have The Shining. Is that higher or lower than The Goonies at 645? I'm going to go higher. Yes, 
higher. You're both going higher. Right, give me a second. I'm so sorry. This is taking a while because I have to. I have to like give it the last answer and then ask it the next one. <laughs> Come on, Rui. I was supposed to be fast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is taking a hot minute. Whose idea was this, Rui? Yeah, this is not a good idea. We should have not waited for the mega edition for GPT to get invited. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's going. It's going higher. God, why is it? It's it's keeping up with us. I don't Ooh. like this. It's also saying higher. You're all going higher. And this time you're all wrong because it is lower, 366. Yeah, sorry about that one. It's all right. Next we have a popular group in the 80s, Duran Duran. That higher or lower than The Shining, 366. Lower. Horrible pass. You've got the double there. I'm going to go higher. Higher, okay. Split. What's chat? GPT going. It's uh, it's thinking. Jeez, I get it that you don't know, but just take a guess. Stop telling me that you don't know. Could you tell it to stop telling you that and just give you the answer? I probably could. I wonder yes. if that would if it would be like, okay, I'll, I'll listen to what you're saying and I understand that you understand. It's saying more. What did I say? Sarah, what did you say? <laughs> you said lower. I said higher. I said lower. He went higher. ChatGPT went higher. Okay. So, Rue, you are wrong because it is higher oh. at 8,659. That's significantly higher. It is very much. Sarah, did you also say higher? I did. Holy cow. Okay, good. Well, at least one of us is not losing to chat GPT right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up we have Purple Rain. Is that higher or lower than Duran Duran? I'm going higher. Oh, uh, that's higher, yeah. Plus chat GPT. <laughs> More. It's saying higher. What did I say? I don't even remember my answer by the time my chat GPT gets to it. You said higher. I said higher. We all went higher. Yeah. Yep, higher. Everyone went higher. And you're all wrong because it's lower at 7,345. Oh, by just a smidge. Just a smidge. Oh. Okay, so coming up, we have Walkman. Is that higher or lower than Purple Rain at 7,345? I'm going lower. Uh, that is higher. That's higher than Purple Rain. You think people are using computer passwords are using the word Walkman as a password? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. Hmm. It's a large niche. What does ChatGPT think? Higher. Okay. So, Rue and ChatGPT, you're pulling it back because it is higher oh. at 17,097 <laughs> oh. people using Walkman for a password. Rush. That is that is not a password I would have ever... Nope. Not on the list. <laughs> if the next one is Discman, I'm going to say we're too far into the 90s. Pull it back. <laughs> we're, we're going... Ghostbusters now. Is that higher or lower than Walkman? Higher. I gotta think that's higher. You're both going higher. And ChatGPT? ChatGPT is going higher as well. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, but you are all wrong. <laughs> it is lower oh. at 2,566, which is shocking compared to Walkman. I know. 17,000. I still can't. I feel like Walkman must be like, maybe there's a like, I'm thinking of the song Walkie Talkie Man by Stereograms. Maybe that's where people are putting in the word because I've never heard that before. (laughs) It's a fun song. People were attached to their Walkmans in the 80s, okay? Evidently. It was like a third limb. Okay, so after Ghostbusters, we're going to Madonna. Is that higher or lower than Ghostbusters? At 2,566. That's higher. My rules, I was going to say, my rules tell me it should be lower because it has the double N, but it's pop culture, so I'm going to go higher. <laughs> Chad GPT also agrees that it's higher. Okay, so you're all right. It is higher. 84,717 there for Madonna. 
for the record, ChatGPT is still winning. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So after Madonna, we have Pac-Man. Is that higher or lower? And 84,717. I'm going to go higher. Oh, higher than Madonna? Walkman was like 17,000. <laughs> There's some odd statistics happening here. All right. All right. Pac-Man. I'm going higher. I think that that's higher. ChatGPT is also going higher. Wow. Okay. Again, you're all wrong. It's lower. 33,492. I think I'm feeling confident because ChatGPT is agreeing with us. And we're all wrong. So it's like, I don't know what to do now. Okay. We're getting into heavy game territory here. We've got Game Boy. Is that higher or lower? Pac-Man at 33,492. Higher. That's higher. Higher. I'm, I'm apparently just taking the part of higher bot today, but it's higher. Chat GPT. Uh, considering the popularity of the term Game Boy and its widespread usage, it is possible that it has been breached more times compared to Pac-Man. So, yeah, it's oh. going higher as well. Okay. Again, you're all wrong. It is lower at 31,951. Not much lower, but lower. Anna, you have really come out with some amazingly difficult ones today. I forgot that I, I have to also be playing you. <laughs> you are the real winner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot that I have to play you, Anna, not so much the game. Yeah, you do. Yep. Again, staying in game territory, we have Tetris. Is that higher or lower than Game Boy at 31,951? I'm going to go lower because I think people struggle to spell that word. I'm, I'm sticking with higher. And chat GPT is? Also going higher. Okay. This is where I'm going to either lose or pull ahead. I know. Sarah. Oh. You're pulling ahead because it's lower at 12,819. Oh, yay. I'm not so much worried about beating you, Rue, but I got to beat ChatGPT. (laughs) Sarah, I need one of us to beat (laughs) ChatGPT. Wait, has it gone lower yet? I don't think it has. I think it's only going higher. It's only going higher. This isn't very clever. Mm. So next up, we have Blade Runner. Such a classic. Is that higher or lower than Tetris at 12,819? I'm going lower. Yeah, me too. And let's see if ChatGPT goes higher again. And maybe we've accidentally programmed higher bot. Yeah. Considering the popularity of the movie Blade Runner and its cultural impact, it is possible that it has been breached more times compared to Tetris. Oh. It's going higher. We're going lower. All right. Okay. So I'm going to enjoy this one because ChatGPT is wrong and you are both oh. right. It is lower. Yes. 7,749. Okay, I'm ahead. Can we stop now? (laughs) (laughs) We have four more passwords. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. It's anyone's game. It is anyone's game. Yikes. So, after Blade Runner, we have that classic 80 staple, Spandex. Is that higher or lower than Blade Runner at 7,749? That's lower. Going lower. Again, yes, that is lower. I'm, I'm really waiting for ChatGPT to <laughs> to go lower. Oh, it's going higher again. It's going higher. It's going higher. Yep. Okay. AI isn't as smart as we thought. You are both right. It is lower. Two thousand five hundred and nineteen. Oh, the spandex there. The rest of them all have to be lower, Anna, so that we beat ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up, another eighties fashion statement: leg warmers. Is that higher or lower than spandex? That's lower yet. I gotta say lower as well. And chat GPT? Give it a minute. It's going to space. It's going to space. I love it. It's again, it's going higher. It's going higher. higher. This thing can't 
help itself. Which I'm not understanding because you're telling it it's wrong. Like it keeps saying higher and you keep saying you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's fun. <laughs> I'm waiting for Anna to say, well, ChatGPT is right this time. I know. <laughs> so you are increasing your lead against ChatGPT because it is lower at 117. It's next to nothing. So next one's going to be a win for ChatGPT because it's hard to get lower than 117. <laughs> we're, go- we're, we're climbing back up. Yeah, but I think that we're going to be okay. Rue, you said you're on a Star Wars revival yeah. and we're going Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Is that higher or lower than Leg Warmers at 100? And 17. You've really broken my rule set here, Hannah. I don't even know what to do with that. Oh. I'm going to use my Madonna exception and say higher because of pop culture, even though it's very long. Hmm. At least I'll tie with ChatGPT. There's no way that this is lower than leg warmers. There's just no way. <laughs> At 117. Like every so once in a while, you will throw a zero in here, which I love. I don't think that Empire Strikes Back is that i i think that this is indeed higher and uh shocking no one chat gpt also <laughs> thinks it's higher this is another circumstance where you're all wrong because it is lower oh no at only 23 oh my god so empire strikes back 23 breaches oh, i should have stuck with my rule set where are all the star wars fans oh seriously those Star Wars fans would use like ones instead of eyes for lightsabers. I should have. Uh, but 117 was just so low. You're right. Uh, 23 people with Empire Strikes back there. <sighs> so finally, our final password is Commodore 64. <laughs> it's got the numbers in there. Is that higher or lower than Empire Strikes Back at 23? I feel like this is a trick. It's got O's in it instead of zeros. It's got a double M. (laughs) I feel like you're tricking me. I've got to go higher, though, because it's a technical word. It's a... It's a computer geek password. It's got to be. Nope. There's got to be more street cred with that than leg warmers and Empire Strikes Back. Like there there has to be, even with the double M and all those O's. I love how your brain works. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to explode. I'm going, I'm going lower. <laughs> what? Oh, okay, we've got a divide. You're just trying to tie with me now. No. Not, well, no, I, I actually, I think that this is lower. Because that's the kind of nonsense that Anna would would pull here, and also ChatGPT is is saying it's it's higher. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so winning this mega edition, the eighties round of play your passwords right. It's Sarah because it is higher. Oh, very at nice. One thousand two hundred and ninety seven <sighs> with Commodore sixty four. You know what? Well done, Sarah. And I'm just glad that I beat ChatGPT. I am as well. That's... Yeah, by one one point, Rue. One point. That's, that's a, all that's a victory. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. That that counts. Like you make it sound like I didn't win, but I did. I did win. <laughs> I did beat ChatGPT. That's the only victory that matters. You beat the AI. I'm now going to ask it why it always went higher because we basically just played against higher bugs. Oh yeah. This is an answer I'm going to be interested to see, because again, you were training it that it was doing it wrong. It wasn't pulling the information correctly. Like, is AI always in training mode? Like, is it ever just an answer mode where it's like, okay, I'm no longer learning? I, that's a great question. Like, within the context of the the conversation that we're having, it is learning. Like, it is keeping contextual information up to date, but I don't know if it's contributing that back to the model. And I don't think it is. 
It's now really advanced in 80s passwords. I apologize if it seemed like I always chose higher as the answer. As an AI language model, I don't have access to real-time breach statistics, and I couldn't accurately compare the breach counts of the passwords you provided. Therefore, I could only make assumptions based on the popularity and prevalence of certain terms. I strive to provide the most helpful and accurate information based on the knowledge I have up until September of 2021. However, without the specific breach counts, it was challenging to make precise comparisons. Thank you for playing the game, and if you have any other questions or need assistance with anything else please feel free to ask so it could only play the game like a human would play the game (laughs) i don't know if i find that reassuring or not (laughs) that wasn't a very fun game for it i don't i don't think i'm going to invite him to my next board game night no i think chat gpt can stay home yep agreed it can make me a new playlist for my board game nights that it could do yes oh that's true it'll call up the wheat kings it'll be there that's a tragically hip essential (laughs) can't get more canadian than the hip (laughs) that's going straight in the playlist yes all right well i think that rounds up this epic game of player passwords right that was so hard that was hard that was was a good one though i love that theme that was fun yeah we've got the 90s nostalgia edition coming up next episode oh that's gonna be exciting excellent well i love you guys love you guys you too bye-bye bye-bye uh anna i just sent you a playlist generated by chat gpt for settlers of Catan. oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's really good i'm going to go listen to it now it's really good (laughs) that would be a great easter egg for the show notes oh yeah okay i'll drop it in the show notes perfect